This is Down by the Bank, an unofficial Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, episode six. I'm Corey. Hey guys, this is Garrett. We are joined today by a special guest, super appreciative, of course, uh, and that is Brian Jackson. Um, he is a sports reporter and anchor for News for Jacks, WJXT4, for over a year now. Um, he's previously worked for Comcast Sportsnet, covering the Washington Wizards, the Washington Nationals, and other pro and college teams in that area. Um, he got originally started in Chicago and is an alum of Howard University. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you guys for having me today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Doing anything exciting this weekend or no? Um, well, if you call work exciting, I mean, that's kind of the nature of the business is now that it's football season, literally every weekend for me is work. Um, did a couple of early high school games yesterday and then came back, anchored the six o'clock show, then went out again to shoot the Edward Waters opener against Morehouse. Happen to be pouring down raining, so you know that's always fun. But uh, it's you know just football. Football season is here, so you know my social life is doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> unfortunately. That's, that's funny. Yeah, and we uh, we certainly appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule because this is definitely, I'm sure, the busiest time of your year. Um, but I will say, uh, Derek and I both are probably we're bankers during the day, so we're super envious of like you being able to do that as a job. Yeah, definitely. Well, it has its, it has its ups and downs. I mean, if you guys don't mind working every single weekend until you know eleven forty five p.m. at night, I mean, yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of the drawback when you try to explain to your friends. They say you work every weekend. I'm like, yeah, every single weekend. <laughs> so yeah, yeah you know, yeah. it has its ups and downs, just kind of like anything else. Yeah, I guess I, I never never thought of it like that. You know, yeah, it is football, but. You're enjoying watching, but you're also working. So it's like, huh? can you right. really yeah. fully enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. the same thing with us as like bankers. People, people watch like, you know, Wolf of Wall Street and all these movies and we're like, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. nothing like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is no a My new show is Billions. I love the show Billions on, uh, I think Showtime it is, something like that, where it's like a hedge fund or something like that. It's a really good show. If you guys haven't seen it, you should check it out. Uh-huh. I'll add that to my list for sure. Yeah, we just finished. Uh, Derek, I don't know if you started yet. Yeah, Stranger Things on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I already finished that. Yeah, that's a. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a good show. Yeah. Good Have you checked that one out, Brian? No, I've actually been on Narcos. <laughs> oh yeah. Like that, so I've been watching that one. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Well, that's it. We were just going to do TV show recommendations today. So everyone have a good day. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, we appreciate it. And um, so kind of just starting out, um, you know, obviously um, you have a, a following, you know, being one of the you know sports anchors here in town. But just tell us a little bit about what brought you to Jacksonville um, from Washington, D.C. And then I guess what are the biggest differences between the two markets? Um, well, I went to school, Howard University is in D.C., uh, and then I actually interned at uh, Comcast Sportsnet the spring semester of my senior year. So I was literally there from the time I was 21 until uh, last June when I moved here. Um, you know, from Comcast, started off as an intern to a production assistant to an associate producer, and then our general manager at the time kind of had this idea of, I shouldn't say this is when the internet started booming, but you know, when I first started there, I mean, people didn't really go to the internet like we do now for their sports news. So she was kind of 
saw that this is what was coming, so she decided to have these kind of one-man band journalists, uh, a lot of the younger folks, I guess you could say. And, yeah, I started out, you know, with a little mini DD camera going to Wizards practices, and this is back during the Gilbert Arenas era when he was doing all of his the good, the good Gilbert and the bad Gilbert. <laughs> I was there for, for all of that. The good times for the, for the game winners. And then, of course, the whole guns in the locker room situation. Yeah, I was there for all of that as well. Um, in the meantime, I also covered the Mystics. You name it. I was probably doing, did a lot of college football, um, sideline reporting, even some DC United. So I got some soccer in there as well. Oh, yeah. Women's sports. You name it. I was kind of doing it, but. In D.C., because that's such a large market, you know, I was really young to be in that market. To I was just blessed to even really get the opportunity to do any on-air work there. But, you know, the people there are, you know, been doing this longer than I've been alive. So they've been 15 years more experienced than me. So in coming to Jacksonville, I was able to come somewhere a little bit smaller, but to have a much larger role, if that makes any sense. Right. So that's kind of how I ended up here in Jacksonville. Uh, we're now pretty much on TV just about every every day or every other day. Uh, but I would say the biggest difference in covering sports here and covering sports in D.C. is what a lot of people don't realize about D.C. is that it's such a transient town uh, that if you go to a Wizards game and they're playing the Celtics, you're here, let's go Celtics in the Verizon Center, which is just absolutely wow. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and even if you're going to the Nationals before they started getting good, like when they would play the Phillies, mm-hmm. uh, this crowd would be mostly Phillies fans hmm. because people would just drive up 95 and they would just, you know, go and literally invade Nationals Park. Right. Um, but I would say here in Florida and especially Jacksonville, uh, we cover high school sports a lot more intensely down here and the same as well as the Florida Gators and, um, the Gators, the Knolls, the Dogs, even some Miami fans. In D.C., uh, I mean, you do a little bit of Georgetown basketball and Maryland basketball, but, I mean, there's not really a huge football. College football isn't nearly what it is there like it is down here. So, Right. And uh, there's also a lot more outlets in D.C., too. Like here in Jacksonville, I pretty much see the same – 10 people every single day at Jaguars practice. But, you know, and because D.C. is so big, we also included the Baltimore market as well. So hmm. we're talking two, two baseball teams, two NFL teams, uh, a bunch of different colleges. We've got an NBA. We've got NHL. Now here's just not nearly as much to cover. So, you know, here, if it's Jaguars, anything happens with the Jaguars, you know, it's going to lead everybody's sports gap, like no matter what. Right. It's just kind of the way it goes. But, there in D.C., it could be anything just depending on the day. It could be Wizards, could be Capitals, could be Redskins, maybe Ravens. Uh, there's just kind of a lot more to choose from. Wow. And, and you know, I am I have a hard time believing, like, Cowboys fans would chant, let's go Cowboys in that Redskins stadium. I hear that can get kind of, well, I, kind of well, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, – there are tons of Cowboys fans in D.C. They say that D.C. fans were Dallas Cowboys, actually. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, there's oh. there's a ton of Cowboys fans, and it, I would say almost well, there's I would say if DC is sixty percent Redskins fans, it's probably twenty five percent Cowboys fans, and then the rest is just kind of whatever else. So yeah, there's definitely a good amount of uh, Cowboys fans in DC. Oh man, yeah, no, they you gotta you gotta lock down your town. See, that's what we're trying to do here in yeah. Jacksonville. 
it, it's locked down the town called lock down the bank, whatever, whatever yeah, we need to bank. do. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's really good stuff and definitely excited to just be here and be a part of it. Hopefully we can, uh, in our lifetimes actually make it to a Super Bowl, you know, to, I'm not saying that, that now. would be great, guys. Yeah, hey, but this year would be bad. Yeah, yeah, that would right. be nice. I, I would love that as well. And then, by the way, too, maybe we'll do. Uh, we'll invite you back to do a whole special episode on Gilbert Arenas and the gun locker room thing. <laughs> we'll do like a thirty for thirty, like ESPN kind of thing, you know? Man, that was crazy. Yeah, that was that was a crazy time. <laughs> for sure. Hey, Brian, talk to us a little bit about the uh, final 53. You know, it's come out. We got some, you know, Nick Marshalls, Davis, uh, Bernardo, Evans, which uh, it's about time. Um, Holmes <laughs> that just got drafted and, uh, and Joe, uh, well, Joe Banyard, uh, just today. Yeah. Uh, did those cuts kind of surprise you? The only one that I would say is a big surprise, I would say, is probably Ryan Davis because, I mean, he's a big contributor uh, the last couple of seasons. He made his team as a, uh undrafted free agent back in 2012, and he could really make the argument two seasons ago that he was the best pass rusher. I mean, yeah. so and he's a guy who, you know, can rush the passer, passer uh, big contributor on special teams, a great locker room guy because Gus and Dave are really huge on that. Uh, can play a lot of different positions, so I was kind of surprised that they uh, decided to, you know, kind of move on from him. But they've got so much depth along that defensive line. I mean, I guess they just felt like they just didn't have any more room for it. It just really came down to a numbers game. It's not the fact that he, he can't play. It's just the numbers game. Um, is pretty much what it came down to for him. Uh, Josh Evans, it was pretty evident even from the beginning of minicamp and OTAs that, you know, this is a guy that started probably half of the ball games a year ago. And mm-hmm. he was running with the third team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you think know, he was getting third, third team reps. So, I mean, if you're a guy that's getting third team reps, I mean, unless you're Josh Johnson, I mean, that's probably, you're probably not going to make this football <laughs> team. Uh, yeah. so that's kind of, you know, what happened with him. Uh, everybody else was just kind of really expected. Same thing with Nick Marshall, um, you know, last year. I mean, actually, the biggest difference between last season and this season is that Gus and Dave said that, hey, we have a lot of guys that, uh, you know, this time last year, they were probably looking at who other teams may cut so they could try to pick up some guys. But he's saying now they're at the point where they they feel like the guys that they cut are going to be going to end up on other people's rosters. So, you know, there's a good chance that Ryan Davis is going to pick uh, get picked up by somebody. I'm sure he'll be on somebody's 53-man roster by next Sunday. Nick Marshall will probably get another look somewhere else. Same with Josh Evans. Uh, I'm sure those guys will get looked somewhere else. But, I mean, the Jaguars, at least on paper, have enough, enough talent where they're not really counting on those types of guys. I mean, we're talking about three guys that played a significant amount of time last season, and now they're not even on the roster. So uh, that says the work that Dave Caldwell has done about improving the talent, and now it's up to Gus to kind of mold everything together and uh, hopefully result in some more wins. Well, is that is that part of the reason that people are surprised about Tyrone Holmes being cut is because maybe in the past a lot of those late-round guys, we really needed them, but now that our talent level's increased, you know, those guys are maybe a little bit more expendable than they were in years past? Yeah, I would say. I mean, they have they kept 10 defensive linemen. I mean, there's just – so I guess they probably felt like Holmes is more one-dimensional because yeah. the 
the things that they have doing now. Like Holmes can rush the passer, but you know, who probably can't play inside a little bit. Uh, it's not going to be a three technique or anything like that. But you know, outside of Dante Fowler and Ngakwe, every, pretty much everybody else in that defensive line will play multiple different positions. So we're talking Alu Alu. So you'll see Malik Jackson. Maybe he's inside one play. Maybe he's outside another play. The same with Jared Odrick. Uh, they even had Chris Smith playing. You know, a little bit of inside and outside. They really like Sheldon Day. You know, hopefully, you know, it seems like his back injury isn't kind of what it was. Uh, Avery Jones is another nose tackle. So you're not going to get rid of him. Roy Miller, obviously one of your, your best nose tackles. So you're not going to get rid of him. I think it really just came down to a numbers game. I mean, they kept a lot of defensive line. It's going to be really interesting to see how many of these guys actually dress on Sundays because you can only dress 43 guys. So we're going to have to wait and see how many of these guys that they uh, actually play on Sundays. But for now, I mean, they've got, they, they have the ability to come at teams in waves, which is exactly what Gus Bradley says that he wanted. You know, that's how Denver, obviously I'm not saying the Jaguars are going to win the Super Bowl, but that's what they used to, you know, get after quarterbacks last season. Because Denver just had, you know, maybe to bring in eight different guys, uh, putting them along that defensive line so everybody's fresh the entire game. So the Jaguars are just trying to implement something similar and, you know, at least on paper they have the bodies to try and do that as well. Yeah, no, exactly. It doesn't, and people don't realize that the good NFL teams that really get after the quarterback, they don't have position players on third down. They just got four guys right. that get after it. They can get after it, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it doesn't matter it, yeah. where they are or how big they are. If they can get to the quarterback, they're going to be on that one of those four or five on third yep. down. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So, um. Some of the players that did end up making it, um, Brandon Allen, Neil Sterling, you mentioned uh, Josh Johnson and, and, and Hayes Puller. Uh, any of those kind of surprise you who made the final 53? Um, well, I mean, I think Josh Johnson was a big surprise, I would say, when he came in. Most people probably didn't expect him to make the team, but, I mean, a lot of that has to do with because Aaron Colvin is out for the first four games. I'm pretty sh- – I mean, I'm not – obviously, I'm not Dave Codwell, but – I'm pretty sure if Aaron Colvin isn't suspended for the first four games, Josh Johnson probably doesn't make this team. So, but at least in the meantime, I mean, the kid made plays. I mean, when you get a pick six and you get another interception, I mean, that's, that's getting the attention. And, uh, Dave was also saying that, you know, they can maybe even use him in the return game as well. So if you're at that bottom half of the roster, I mean, you have to be able to do more than one thing. And so that's why Josh Johnson has probably made this team and, for the tight end situations, I mean, Julius Thomas, Mercedes Lewis, obviously those are your two starters, but Ben Koyak is basically the next Mercedes Lewis as far as the blocking tight end. And you could argue that Neil Sterling is the lesser version, I guess you could say, of Julius Thomas. They're pretty much exact replicas of hmm. the two starting tight ends. So I feel like that's probably why they had both of those guys uh, on the team. Now, again, I probably wouldn't expect Neil Sterling to dress all that much, but we'll see if, you know, Julius can stay healthy. I don't know that they'll dress four tight ends every single week. Uh, but that's probably why they went in that direction there. They kept five running backs a, a year ago, so it's not exactly a surprise that they originally decided to do that as well. Uh, it's just something that, you know, I guess they feel like they needed to do because those guys can also you know, running backs can also contribute a lot on special teams. They can get after on punt returns. They can either block or on punt coverage, kickoff coverage. Those are the type of guys that they can uh, 
they can count on for that. And Corey Grant, he's he's the fastest player on the team. I mean, if he can just hold on to the ball, <laughs> yes. maybe, they, maybe Greg Olson, you know, can get him a, a small package or two in addition to the kickoff returns uh, so they can get the ball in his hands because that kid just has speed. And like they say, you can't coach speed. Right. Yeah, you can't you can't coach it, and it's tough to find someone that's running four three four two with pads. Right. <laughs> Not without yeah. with pads on. So yeah. it's just just something that uh like I said I don't know if they need to get them some stick them get them some gloves <laughs> just have some velcro on it I don't know but yeah because that was always my problem playing football is I was four three four two without pads but I just couldn't I just couldn't do it with pads I don't know <laughs> yeah so. football speed there's track speed then there's football speed <laughs> I'm gonna have to check you on that corner well, I'm older now so I can't you can't really check me on it anymore so I can say whatever I want really. Um, right. so, so just kind of shifting gears to the quarterbacks, um, kind of what's your thought process on carrying three? Cause it seems like if the team values Brandon Allen as much as they do, um, and maybe this was in the works, I don't know, but why not trade Henny or just go ahead and sort of move on? Because Henny makes quite a bit of money for a backup quarterback. He does, but I don't, okay. Anytime you're in the NFL, you're starting, you're one play away from having your backup quarterback in the game. And I don't know that you would want a rookie who's never played a game in the NFL to be that guy. Like, I, I don't know that I would feel that comfortable about that, uh, just yet. So I think that's kind of why they'll hold on to Henny for at least, at least this season, uh, maybe develop, uh, Allen some more. I'm sure he'll be the scout team quarterback. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the, the backup next season, but, but unless you get blown away for a deal, um, I would pretty much hold on to Henny. And actually, Blake Bortles and Henny have a really, really great relationship. Uh, while Henny may not play as much on the field, uh, he's somebody that Blake really, really relies on in the film room, during practices every day. I mean, those two are, they have lunch together, they're friends off the field as well. Uh, that's somebody that Blake really, really relies on. And uh, he's kind of, you know, giving another message for the quarterback coach and from Greg Olson as well. So I don't know if they're ready to kind of just let him go just yet because, you know, heaven forbid something happens to Blake. I don't know. The, I don't know that you want to uh, rely on a rookie. I forget which round that uh, Allen was picking, but maybe a fifth round pick. I don't think you want to really rely on that uh, just in case anything were to happen to Bortles, at least this season. Yeah, well, I know that um, I know that Tyron Holmes has already been claimed by Cleveland, so maybe the thought process was is that Allen had shown enough potential that maybe somebody would yeah. put a claim. He was going to get know. he was going to get picked up, but after that game against Atlanta, he was going to get picked up by somebody. Okay, so it was just a matter of if they didn't put him on the fifty three, somebody else was going to claim him. Like he wasn't going to be a practice squad guy because he's going to end up on somebody else's roster. Yeah, so yeah, he was the guy who it just came down to the numbers game. I just had to, I don't, I'm pretty sure he probably won't dress on Sundays, but he'll be on the active 53. Any players that you can think of that, you know, maybe still out there, you know, uh, Josh, uh, sitting came up, you know, Green Bay cut him, heard he was already going to visit with the Bears and the Saints were talking to him too. Not too much as far as from us. I know we already picked up, uh, Arthur Brown, uh, linebacker for the Ravens and Mark Question right. Huff, DB from Tennessee. But besides those two, those two, any anybody else that think they can help us out? Uh, I don't see anybody being even if they do pick up somebody at this point. Like I don't think there's anybody out there that's going to be like a game changer. Like I mean, you may have a guy that can 
maybe fill out the bottom half of the roster, give you another look, or you know, kind of be a safety valve in case somebody gets hurt. But I think they're solid and they're set with their, you know, the 30 to 35 guys on the team that they're really, really counting on. I don't think there's really about anybody out there on the free agent list that uh, can really come in here and, okay, you're going to really help us beat Green Bay next Sunday. Right. Like, I don't know that there's anybody out there that's, they're, that they're going to bring in. Because if they were really that good, somebody, they would already be on somebody's team for the right. most part. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that they're going to bring in anybody like that. Yeah, I, I just, you know, you see somebody, um, you know, I know uh, Caldwell said that the situation was still fluid. You know, Caldwell's one, he probably oh, yeah. is an excellent po- poker player because he never shows his hand. Just uh, people are, you know, they're they're so hard on Jokel right now. And then, you know, sitting and then, you know, I kind of, I, I sent a tweet to uh, Mike DiRocco of ESPN and, and it, it blew up. There were people on him like crazy. And, um but you know, Caldwell's just gonna—he's gonna play it cool as all as always until he uh, until the situation works itself out. Yeah, I think I saw somewhere where somebody said they should trade a first round pick for Alex Mack, and I'm just like, I don't—I don't think that's gonna really solve anything. I wouldn't trade a first round pick for a 31 year old center, because then at that point, I guess you move in Brandon Linder back to guard, and then what do you do with Jokel? I think they're gonna probably sit tight unless they just get blown away with the deal. I don't think they're going to do anything between now and at least week one. I mean, you know, as injuries happen, which are going to happen in the NFL, uh, maybe something will change. But for right now, I don't really see anything huge happening. Yeah. I mean, but again, I will, I'm not in mind of, of Dave, so I'm, yeah. I don't know exactly what he's thinking. I will tell you, you know, like I said, with that four three four two that I run, I was talking a little bit to the Jags, so we'll see. You know, I'll, I'll give you the inside scoop if I get signed, okay? You must have really <laughs> hit your head this morning. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, that was uh, pretty much all we had for you. Um, we really, really appreciate it. Um, I know that uh, you can follow Brian on Twitter at um, at WJXTBJackson, um, and we'll be sure to yep. include that and in, yeah in our podcast description, and we'll link to your um, your page and everything. And of course, you can see him on television. He's the sports reporter and the anchor for News for Jacks WJXT four. Um, and we'll definitely keep an, keep an eye out for you. And we thank you again and hope you have a great weekend. All right. Thank you guys for having me.